let's talk about one of the most important foundations of healing ministry. This is something that Jesus himself says is foundational to doing the works that he did. This is also one of the most powerful things I picked up on from Roger's ministry. I'd like to expand on it. The general concept is what Roger often called Christ reveals the Father. And I'm going to start by reading a scripture from John 1.18. No one has seen God at any time. God, the only Son, who is in the arms of the Father, He has explained Him. Christ reveals and interprets the Father. Jesus is the one who unfolded an accurate understanding of who God the Father is, and we find those throughout the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. Think of it this way. Uh, I'd like to talk about a translator. If, you, if I went to a foreign country and I wanted to preach to a set of people that did not speak the same language as me, I would need somebody to help translate from my language into their language. However, what you'll often find is with other cultures, you don't necessarily do a word-for-word -word translation. It's usually a concept-for-concept -concept translation. And so you have to have a translator that is familiar with the culture of the place where I am so that they can understand my culture, my speech, that culture, their speech, and properly interpret what I am saying to a way that that other culture would understand it. That's who Jesus was. He was sent down from heaven, which has a completely different culture. There's, you've got the kingdom culture of heaven. This is where Jesus is from. And so it's like he comes from a faraway land and he begins to teach us all about the kingdom where he comes from. We are the people who are trying to understand what Jesus is teaching. And he's giving us the teachings of Father. So we think of Jesus kind of like that. He's the translator who is speaking the original language of the Father. And the rest of us are doing our best to grasp it within our own language. Another way to think about that, um, I used to watch this TV show when I was young called All That on, I believe it was Nickelodeon. I don't know if any of y'all have ever seen it. I thought it was a great show. It had uh, Kenan Thompson and Kel Mitchell were on it, uh, along with a host of other funny characters. But within this show, was it Kel, Kenan? I think it was Kenan Thompson who played a character called Ishboo. And if you, I-S-H-B-O-O, if you look it up on YouTube, you can see some funny clips. And what you'd see in this, uh, there was a video, I'll, I'll use an example here. So there was one time where Ishbu is having a sleepover and he shows up ridiculously late to the sleepover. And when he shows up, he's got a pillowcase full of hamsters. And it just seems ridiculous. Uh, you know, they were going for humor. But Ishbu says, hey, in my culture, when we're invited to a sleepover, we bring you a bag full of hamsters. That's just normal here, you know? And so he brings a bag full of hamsters. It was funny, but the purpose I am trying to make is that's kind of the idea. You've got somebody who is from a faraway land. Nobody really understands their culture. 
Uh, in the All That Show, nobody knew where Ishbu was from and nobody knew anything about his culture except for Ishbu. In the same way, Jesus came from the kingdom and he was kind of the only one walking the earth at that time that had come from the kingdom. He's the only one who really knew how to explain things of God as though he was actually from heaven. So when we think about that, we have to realize that Jesus himself is the one that reveals God perfectly to mankind. Another scripture I'd like to read is John 5, 19 through 20. Therefore, Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son does also in the same way. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. This is a great scripture to meditate on. I'd like to break it down into a couple of thoughts. The first one is where Jesus says, the son can do nothing of himself. A demonstration that I'll often give if I'm teaching to a live audience is I use a, a tall fan, like a, you know, a fan that would blow air and help keep the, cool, the room cool. And I've got a tall fan that's got a remote control to it. So you can sit down on the couch or in your bed or wherever, and you can click the button to turn the fan on and off. And I will sit there and I will click the buttons on the remote and the fan doesn't turn on. It just doesn't work. The reason why it doesn't work is because it's not plugged into the wall. And I use this as an example to say, it's not that the fan is broken or that the fan is not a fan. It's simply that the fan requires an external source of power for the fan to function completely the way it was intended to function. In the same way, Jesus tells us that he cannot do anything of himself. It comes from the Father. The Father provides Jesus that plugging in, if you will, like would empower the fan. So Jesus has the power to plug into the Father and receive the power to do things also. That's important because that's the model that Jesus set for you and I. That's how he demonstrated that you and I are supposed to come to life as well. There is one idea that I have seen uh, that I would like to just address because it seems to be popular in some healing circles. And I think there's a, an upgrade on this uh, thought. So in this scripture, Jesus says, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. In some circles, especially if you get into circles where people do a lot of the prophetic words of knowledge, they will often interpret this scripture to mean that I would have to have a specific revelation for every single person that comes in front of me for healing. So if I've got 52 people, I would need 52 individual revelations where I see what God is doing in all 52 to be able to believe for healing for them. I don't believe that's the best understanding of this. 
I think it is possible that when Jesus says, unless it is something he sees the Father doing, consider this. The Father is known as a healer. One of his identities is Jehovah Rapha. We know that Jesus is a healer. Uh, Isaiah teaches us that. I believe that Jesus simply had a revelation of who the Father is. He knew that God's identity is that of a healer. And so he did not have to have an individual specific revelation for every single human telling him that it was God's will for every single person to be healed. I believe Jesus just had a general revelation of who Father was where he always he knew that it was always God's will to heal the sick and he did not have to have a specific revelation of that matter for every person. Now I do think it's possible and we do see in scripture there are sometimes when Jesus appeared to have specific revelations to help people out. But the revelation was never whenever whether or not the people were going to get the help they came for, it was how to help them get that. And so one example is like the blind guy where Jesus makes the mud and puts it on his eyes and tells him go and wash and then the guy comes back seeing. That would be an example where Jesus probably had a specific revelation of here's what you need to do in this circumstance. But as you read and meditate on the scripture, you'll see a lot throughout the gospels where Jesus just laid hands on the sick and they were healed. You'll see that mentioned a lot in the multitudes and there's no mentioning of him having to have a specific revelation for every single person. So my encouragement there would be, if you are the kind of person who prays and sometimes gets specific revelations for healing, maybe words of knowledge for healing, don't let that be a limitation or a ceiling to your faith. Let that be the floor for it. Let that be the thing that uh, excites you and encourages people to say, hey, we know that God is here in this environment because we're seeing these kind of specific revelations. But we also have a general revelation that God is our healer and he is willing to heal us when we come to him. So I would encourage you to press in and believe for that. I would also encourage you that it is possible to hear God for every single person as well. And so if for some reason you're still having trouble overcoming this idea that you have to have a specific revelation for every person, believe that you can receive the specific revelation for every person if you need. Some other thoughts on that. I believe Jesus especially was revealing the nature and character of who Father God was and that through that revelation that Christ showed to mankind, we are able to know the works that the Father does. Is God always present? Is God unchanging? Does Scripture declare that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? This concept of Christ reveals the Father is such a powerful concept. It is foundational, and I'm going to be honest with you, it took me a long time to grasp this concept, probably a lot longer than it should have. 
But by the time the light bulb went off, I realized that this was a powerful understanding of what it truly means to be Christ-centered. So I'm going to sh share some more scriptures on this one. Colossians 1.15 says that Christ is the image of the invisible God. We know that God is kind of invisible. You can't quite just see him. Uh, but Jesus, you can see. And so we know that when we look at Jesus, we see the Father. Jesus was the one that was sent down from heaven to perfectly reveal God to mankind. In this scripture, when it uses the word image, the image of the invisible God, the word image in the Greek uh, means a likeness, a statue, a profile, a representation. Uh, and the word often represent, it uses two ideas, representation and manifestation. Another scripture in Colossians, Colossians 2.9 says that for in him, who is Christ, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. We know that when we see Christ, we see the fullness of who Father is being revealed to mankind. God the Father was present in fullness in Christ. He did not leave anything out of his love. He showed who he was to mankind. One idea that I would like to address, because I've actually encountered this before, and I believe this is a doubt that will cause you to potentially uh, undermine your faith. This doubt is, uh, I'll just tell you the conversation I was having with someone. I'm not going to mention who. But I was having a conversation one day about all of the healings that are recorded in the Gospels. And their response was, maybe the Bible forgot to record all of the failures that Jesus had. And that got me to thinking, Scripture says that all of these things were given to us that we may believe. And this particular person um, who was involved in ministry they were looking beyond Scripture to see what was not recorded in Scripture so that instead of believing what was in the Bible, they could believe that what was not in the Bible and push aside that which was in the Bible. I would encourage you not to do this because if you, be, if you get these ideas in your head that says, hey, maybe Jesus isn't reliable. Maybe the Bible just didn't show me that Jesus was not truly faithful to me. Well, if you start believing those ideas it's going to undermine your faith in Christ. You don't want to believe those kind of things. Along with Colossians 2.9 in the scripture, we've got for in him, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Bodily form comes from a Greek word. I believe it's somaticos is how you pronounce it. And that means the Holy Spirit taking a bodily shape. In Luke 3, verse 22, it uses the word somaticos when it says, And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. If you watch a lot of these movies or just look at general beliefs, a lot of people believe that if you get possessed by a demon, 
It's possible you may end up with a whole bunch of bad things in your life, very likely, but it's also possible you could end up with some sort of special effects, so to speak. There are demons out there that are known to have various manifestations of power. But did you know that the Holy Spirit can also possess your body and take a bodily form? If you have the Holy Spirit in you, it's very possible that the effects of God will begin to come to life through you. So it was kind of unique that Jesus was both a man as well as God, but we know that he left the form of godliness behind to become a man like we are so that he could demonstrate to us not that he is greater than all of us, but rather how to become a child of God like him. Scripture declares he was the firstborn amongst many brethren, and Jesus was really setting an example of what it looks like to be empowered by the Spirit and walk by the Spirit so that we can become children of God. There's a lot of people lately who have been talking about the whole of creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. And Scripture also declares that those who are children of God are those who are led by the Spirit of God. Jesus was a great example of what it looks like whenever we're led by the Spirit. But thinking a little bit about Jesus, we have to, because G, uh, Jesus was both a man as well as God, we really have to be able to discern when Jesus was simply operating as a man anointed by the Spirit. Because that's our example. That's what we can do too. If Jesus was doing something not because he was God, but just because he was a, a human anointed by the Holy Spirit, then that means we are qualified to do the very same things when we are a human anointed by the Holy Spirit. But we also have to know how to properly leave Jesus in place as God without reducing him from God. So there's an interesting balance to kind of maintain in that, and it requires discernment to do so. But I always think of it like this. Jesus was 100% my example of what I expect to look like following Christ, minus the fact I'm not the savior of mankind. I believe what you will find is that when we are anointed by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes into us in the same way that he comes into that he came into Christ, and he empowers us in the same way that Christ was empowered. One more thought for this episode. Jesus was the only perfect human in the Bible. He's the only standard for a Christian, the only standard for a Christian. Everyone else was imperfect and fallen. Jesus is the only one that said he himself is the way, the truth, and the life. Because it is true that Jesus is the only way to the Father and the only man that reveals the will of God perfectly, there is a huge war against this concept. But the war is subtle. The objective is usually to make you lower Christ to the same status as everyone else in the Bible or to exalt everyone in the Bible to the same level of Christ, whichever way you want to think of it. Either, either way, I don't know, would that be considered idolatry if I put you know, Moses on the same level as Jesus? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. 
but I do think it would be wiser for us to emulate Jesus over every other character in the Bible. I think for a Christian, Christ should really be our primary starting point. We take on and be transformed into his image as much as we possibly can, and then we can let him guide us from there if we need to pick up great things from other people throughout the scripture.